Welcome back to the Whatnots Review Show number 278. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, True. did daylight saving time mess you up as, as much as it did me? How are you messed up right now? I, so, <laughs> Melissa, I am messed up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, no, I, I woke up at about the time I normally do during the like work week, but it was so much brighter that I woke up faster and Mm. realized like, oh, I have like a whole hour and a half before the podcast. So I'm like, I have to find something else to do. (laughs) You had time to watch all of Persona again. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I uh, I had I was working on some stuff for our website, um, but yeah, I was like, oh, I'm normally used to like waking up an hour before the podcast and like casually like eating something and then sitting down and getting ready. Like, <laughs> but I was just like, I have so much time. <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's been I- my m- m- morning. Yeah, I I had time to do a full yoga routine. <laughs> there you go. Had a leisurely breakfast, shopped for a new computer monitor. I did a lot with my extra hour. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> Besides that, though, I've had a pretty good weekend. Uh, went to go see Priscilla yesterday. I also did this. Yeah. This has been most weekends is that you and I meet each other on the review show and we inadvertently saw the same movie movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It's it makes for an interesting one to punch considering uh, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis came out earlier this year. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I. Figure that we'll 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 talk a little bit more about that and our th- thoughts on that on the captain's log. This is next week, but 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 I hope you enjoy enjoyed it. I'm assuming I, you did. Uh, yeah, that lead actress is from Missouri, much like other breakout star of the season, the owl from Killers of the Flower Moon, also from Missouri. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> There's something in the water over there in Missouri. We make great talent. <laughs> talons and talent (laughs) anyways if you guys did not know every week right here on the whatnots review show we have a different story to talk about could be a movie a tv show an anime manga comic book all all kinds of of stuff we read it we watch it we come back here and talk about it this week on the show we are talking about persona Ingmar Bergman's 1966 uh, film, this kind of psychological thriller uh, about a nurse and her patients who kind of retreat to to this beach house to recuperate and recover. uh, And uh, the the conversations that I will, well, (laughs) yeah. The, the whole thing is that the the patient the the uh, is is an actress who has stopped speaking. So she's not really having a conversation here, uh, but it's about their t- their time uh, to get, get, get together. And the thriller aspect 
kind of comes in as you start to question is the patient even real is the doctor real or are is this the same person secretly you don't know um so yeah this was my the the, the first time that i had heard about this film and the reason i wanted to pitch this is because earlier this year you sent me a YouTube video, which was the cinema cartographer's top 30 films of all time. Uh, and so last week, the end of the podcast, I pitched three movies from that list that spoke to me. Uh, and this was one of them. This is the one that you p- 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 picked. What made you pick this one, Melissa? I was fascinated that when I sent you that video, which I think I sent it to you because I'm like, cool, Akira made this list. You like Akira. I thought you might be interested in watching the entire like two hour long list video. You picked up on three entirely different (laughs) movies than I would have picked up on from that list. Uh, I did not. I was not able to predict anything that you pitched to me. And I picked Persona. Uh, logistically it was shorter than the others and it was very easy to get to. This is streaming on max, probably in that TCM section. And, but also this goes along with a theme we've slowly building over the years, which started with your love of Satoshi Khan's perfect blue. And we watched black Swan and we watched Suspiria And this is less about an artist in peril. There's very little about the the fact that she is an actress. Literally, it's sort of a more general, vague putting on a performance, being somebody you're not. Right. It's not as literal as like identity crisis. It's not as literal as the pop stardom of Perfect Blue or the dancing of Suspiria or Black Swan. But we do have this theme of the fracturing of a woman artist and i thought this yeah goes right along with that let's continue absolutely yeah um i i think it was a great pick um yeah i i like this one stood out to me i think because of the cinematography uh in this it it's all in black and white um, but from what I understand, they experimented with a number of different techniques to get certain shots by using mirrors or like smoke, the, the lateral smoke and mirrors. Mm. Right. Uh, or to do stuff in post production and layer things on top of one and the other. Um, I did not get too much of a ch- of a chance to look into all of that, like how the film was actually made. Uh, but the, even j- just like a quick glance at their Wikipedia mentioned uh, that they were like, experimenting with a number of different techniques. Um, and yeah, v- very much an art f- film. If you are not into artsier stuff, this might not be for you. Um, it, just kind of uh, an, an interesting start to the film as well. Uh, that was something that is maybe it, I don't know if abrasive is the right <laughs> word. It's unexpected. Sure. Yes. Right. Where you're, you're, you're just like, wait, what am I watching? Um, this reminded and then me. It gets in into the the plot. Yeah. 
This reminded me of when we watched Clone High earlier this year and Joan of <laughs> Teenage Joan of Arc makes a little a very abstract, symbolic black and white art movie. This is this. Yeah. I, I did not realize that every time I've seen that parodied in something else, I feel like they're really pulling on Ingmar Bergman's persona. It's got the. Right. the yeah. It is in black and white. It is very sparse, very spare, symbolic, obscure, uh, very specific Flashes framing. Of yes. imagery and yeah. This this film breaks. It's consciously a film. It'll show you film reels. It'll show you like glass cracking and film bubbling up and all that. I'm like this is it. I didn't realize this is the platonic ideal. <laughs> Of everything I've ever seen parodied in another title. Yeah, this one t- takes it a step farther and also kind of does that at the end of the film where it's like, OK, that was the end of the plot. And then like, <laughs> you see the, the film also like shut off and it goes back to that whole that whole uh, thing there with that. But yeah, uh, what an interesting film. We watched. I liked it a lot. I was uh, like glued to the edge of my seat, just being like, what is happening? Where how is this break happening? Is this a mystery that I can solve of 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 like, Mm. is the nurse real or is the patient real? Are they one person? Are they neither of them? Right. (laughs) Like, uh. Yeah, I I don't necessarily think this was something you could solve per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just a, just a, a, a fascinating watch from start to finish for sure. Yeah, for it's sure. got this sort of abstract prologue to it, but then once the plot actually starts, it's so funny that for a movie that is as vague and sort of obscure and like you need to read into the meaning of what's happening the exposition is so direct and so blunt as you know this actress had a mental breakdown during one of her plays you will be her nurse now (laughs) that's that's very funny to me uh it moves along very well like i said it's not very long it's barely 90 minutes if that it's paced Mm -hmm. well it goes in a lot of different directions. I, I had a wild ride with this one and I found myself rewinding like, hold on, I got to see that again for like extremely mundane things like woman drops a glass. Yes, that was <laughs> one of the most fascinating scenes in this. And you're like on the edge of your seat, like what's going to happen? Will she step mm-hmm. on it? Oh, my God. Um <laughs> Which is also one of the scenes like mentally I tried to read into at like at the time I was like, I can solve this. Like she's she's not stepping on this, which means this and that thing metaphorically and that whatever. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I I had a good time with this for sure. Uh, We already kind of mentioned the the plot. The plot is very simple. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a nurse who is assigned with taking care of this actress who has uh, gone silent. She's refusing to speak. They don't know if this is kind of like an actual psychological problem, some kind of mental issue or it, it like. 
yeah, if she's faking it and this is for attention for some kind of role, she is a star, right? So it's, it's like there is this w- one scene of of uh, the like head doctor being like, I know this is what you do, and I know you can talk like that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, just very demeaning. But uh, yeah, they they go to this beach house to just kind of quietly get away from society and rest and kind of see if there's any progress on this condition. Um, and during the what I assume is months at least um, that they're they're out there. Um, the nurse seems to have this mental break down and that that's when, yeah, you're just like, wait a minute here. What's going on? Is, 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 is the nurse real? Is the patient real? What's happening? So am I real? Am I real? Am I even watching? Is this a real movie? (laughs) It zooms out and Ingmar Bergman is playing with two dolls. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One of the dolls is you. <laughs> yeah, how? How do they know what I look like? <laughs> God. Um, yeah, so I, I recommend it. Go check it out. It's an interesting watch for sure. Uh, do you have any other kind of things you want to add to that before we go into housekeeping and then spoilers? Uh, no, it, it is a very simple deceptively simple movie we've told you what there is to be said yeah absolutely that actually reminded me a couple weeks ago when we covered uh mind hunter season one that is one of the things i would say about that show it is deceptively simple in like you feel like they're being meticulous with all these details and it just keeps doing that metaphor over and like that's it it's so it's so simple um so yeah i i think that fits with this one as well but that being said uh let's take a quick break for some housekeeping and when we come back we will dive a little bit more into the film so we will be right back Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows, and a lot of hard work goes into making them, so we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes, and at our $3 tier, a Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout-out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, Thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to thewhatnots.com store to pick up some merch today. All right, we are back. Uh, once again, a big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We love you a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you. It means a ton. 
Over on the Pilots Club, our Patreon-exclusive podcast, you guys can go check out our conversation on Manifest. Uh, we watched the pilot episode of Manifest, which is also about a plane. So there's a pilot on, on the pilot of that one. Good little in Inception thing happening there with that. Uh, but yeah, that was a, an, an interesting one melissa and i had some differing thoughts on 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 that one uh so it was good it was in, in, in interesting I don't, I don't i don't like to have differing thoughts <laughs> why not that's great that's awesome you should not be that robots makes, and have the same thought no that we, we that makes not, me feel wait, like am a, I that the makes nurse? me feel like a troublemaker <laughs> Am I the nurse? Are you the patient? Are, are you the nurse? Am I the patient? Are we one in the same? <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, go go check out our conversation on that. I think that was a great one. Uh, right here on the review show. Last week, we finished up our spooky month uh, for all of October. And we wrapped it up with Hellboy volumes seven through nine. Uh, we've been discussing Hellboy uh, for the past couple months at the end of the month for our end of the month specials. And we will be wrapping up our coverage of Hellboy um, here at the end of November. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, over on the Reactor Core, not only do we have our reactions to Loki Season 2, but we just did a trailer reaction for Good Burger 2. Uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then over on the captain's log, which is where we actually filmed the good burger two trailer reaction. Uh, I, I, I had the, the, what the Fanta mystery flavor, oh, this right. like all black soda. What, <laughs> that what was the fallout the from that? Was. Uh, is your body nothing. changed? I, okay. I am the okay. same. I am the exact right. same. no, catastrophe has happened uh as a result of drinking that <laughs> that we maybe were expecting uh and also over on the captain's log melissa you lamented watching rocky horror ho at home i no, <laughs> i did not lament show. it i i've seen it in theaters <laughs> i've enjoyed it in theaters in like the big rowdy party atmosphere where everyone's in costume and throwing stuff and screaming uh and i had a, a guest who wanted to watch it at home and i'm like weird i've never done that before so <laughs> i i had an experience focusing on the film just as a film and not as a party centerpiece true true indeed uh, last but not least, our RSS feed stuff should be all taken care of. I've updated us to the new RSS feed. Uh, if you've noticed any kind of wonkiness, uh, you might just need to unsubscribe and resubscribe. But I think everything went off without a hitch. Um, my next little project is that now on our website where I've posted the like audio ver version of all the podcasts, I now need to switch those over to the new ones from the new hostings service. Mm -hmm. So that would take me some time. That's my project for the month. But currently uh, you can go on to our website and uh, all of the audio versions of the original whatnots podcast have all been switched uh, as well as Crossplay, our defunct video game podcast that I also happen to be wearing the shirt of. 
today on the podcast. So shirt's sure, not defunct. Shirt sure, does not yeah. cease to exist. Shirt sure, still operates. It it's it still functions just fine. <laughs> um still has two armholes, one head hole, one body hole. It is funny that a it is funny that a video game and a shirt are two things that you might need to patch. Yeah. Same verb for both. There you go. <laughs> um, but I think that is about it for housekeeping. So let's get on to talking a little more in depth and spoilers for Persona. Also, we're not talking about the vi vi video game persona, the hit video game series persona. Um, I, I played like half of Persona 5. It's fine. I know a lot of people really love that game. So for me to say it's fine is like, whoa, dude, that is blasphemy. <laughs> what is going on here? But yeah, that's fine. That's all right. <laughs> Not no, for me. No comment. I don't. <laughs> no comment. Melissa does no not experience. video game. No, That's okay. none. Not at all. Can't um, picture the thing. Melissa, where do you want to start with Persona? This is a movie that is weird from the very beginning. It doesn't like let you settle into what you think is going to be a normal experience and then take a twist. It starts with images of like film being loaded into film canisters, this uh, spliced to together penis. bits. That's exactly. <laughs> Full penis in there. Not even like too, it's there too long to be subliminal. I fully saw that right. penis yeah. is here. Yeah, that was my my first reaction to the film was, oh, hey, penis. That's fun. I love when you get that in a weird old art movie. Right. Yeah. Um, or, I was sitting, or a weird new art movie. Right. Uh, I, I was sitting down to watch this. We had just made dinner. So like we're like like up and down, like as we cut our food mm. and I like ha like hadn't started exactly yet. So I'm watching the film and it's like right there at the start. It does the whole like film countdown mm. like three, two. And then you don't get the number <laughs> one. But then like this is one first thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right, it was just like, "Oh, hey, P penis, what's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> you get other abstract imagery, like you get the little boy mm -hmm. laying on what looks like a massage bed. It's so sparse; like that is not a bed bed that a child sleeps on. I thought he was laying a face body down at first, like a dead b b b body. He's very still. Yes. Yeah. And then he sort of wakes up, he's lying on his stomach, he's reading a book, and then he turns and there's a big lady's face on the wall, and it's all blurry, like he's looking at it through frosted glass, but it slowly becomes clear, and he reaches out for, for the woman, and then it's like, welcoming Mar Bergman's persona, here's a nurse. Let's get started. Yeah. Um, what did you think of that little kid? Because I, 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 I think that is the, the most puzzling like it's the most non non sequitur mm, it, it, yes. it is it, it is the most sequitur image in that. 
it fits I, the I, sequence. I don't even know what yes. that, 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 that means. Yeah, like it it that has the most narrative to all the other mm. stuff you're being shown. And I was wondering if that is 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 that a depiction of Ingmar Bergman himself? Is this later on there is a there is mention of the actress's kid? Yes. So is it like is this supposed to be a depiction of 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 him like realizing that his mom might have this split personality thing or? who who knows what I, I i i'm not sure i i think it is meant to symbolize the sun but the sun is not introduced for quite a while well i very early on the actress elizabeth gets a, a letter from her husband with a picture of the sun but it doesn't necessarily look like this boy at the beginning of the movie the so like, sun oh, maybe the picture this... looks older mm. like, he's a man now right <laughs> <laughs> uh but then after that the concept of the sun doesn't come back for a while and after you do get the full context that does make you rethink the opening th- scene and believe that is the sun especially because something that uh alma says in that monologue she gives right at the beginning of the movie she's like you were repulsed by his ugly body and his fat lips and all that and then I watched a clip from the movie again. And I'm like, this kid does have fat lips. Like, did they cast the kid? And then Ingmar Bergman's like, okay, what specifically would you find repulsive about this kid? The lips are weird, right? <laughs> I'm going to write this down. <laughs> Note to self, fat lips. <laughs> <laughs> this kid's weird. <laughs> find me the most repulsive child in Sweden. I like it. Like what if that is the son, what an awkward situation to be in to be that boy. I play right? repulsive boy in Ingmar Bergman's persona. Cast as fat lip boy. Uh, <laughs> Cast as moist pleading eyes son. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Like I'm I'm even wondering if the the whole kind of non sequitur uh stuff at at the the start is more just a, a reflection on life in general uh this yeah. idea of discovering yourself your 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 sexuality uh thinking about religion and your place in the world or the universe at large because we do get uh, a depiction of crucifixion uh in that as well it, we we get a depiction of one nail through one palm and i'm like does it do we have to see both before it counts as crucifixion is this just supposed to be plain torture or something <laughs> sure yeah i mean, I mean well, that's what crucifixion is like it what? is a form of torture uh in in the I, I, yes. roman empire um, i just i just feel like in the parlance of religious iconography i'm like weird to see it segmented down so directly and that we don't see more of it like when you take it when you look at it that narrowly of single nail through single palm like does this take on a a different meaning besides a crucifixion i I think that's a great question um and yeah i like i I think it works both ways right you are so 
hyper zoomed in on that, that it could take on some other meaning. But then that iconography is also just so stark of like, ah, the crucifixion, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like the, the, that is this. like the one, the one thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I, I'm wondering if it's that and then a little bit of, uh, like discovering who your parents are and like mm. going from that, that, that stage of like truly seeing them as mom and dad, but not really seeing them as a person beyond mm. that. Like they, Oh, they're just my mom and dad. Right. Um, like is, is, is this that child kind of discovering that like, Oh, my, my parents have like, thoughts and dreams and hopes and concerns and problems of their own, um, which is not something a child necessarily th thinks about. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I, I do want to say, I agree with your wondering that until you get the full context towards the end of the movie that redirects you and, and really indicates that that boy is the son. I was with you with thinking, is that supposed to represent Ingmar Bergman himself? Yeah. When he's knows? just, was just chilling out, like reading the book. And then suddenly there's this massive woman's face on the wall and he reaches out for her and she becomes more clear. Is that, uh, your love of film is awakened. Your love of, some mystery woman you see on screen or something. Is this a maturation at, from boy to man and from uh, audience member to artist, maybe? Sure. Is this like, yeah. this will inspire me to create? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so, yeah, that is the kind of strangeness that is the opening of the film. And like I said, uh, from there you go directly into the most like blunt exposition with like no vagaries in it <laughs> yeah absolutely uh i i also thought this scene was interesting too because uh when i first watched that youtube video you sent me one of the directors um that was on the there i don't remember his first name but ozu the director of mm. tokyo story uh, other mm -hmm. movies like early spring um and i i watched two of his films after seeing his name uh in that list and re realizing that that oh those are also on hbo max um and something that ozu does a lot is he has his characters look directly into the camera as they speak, as they have a conversation with another character. And whenever you have an, an, an actor look directly into the character, for some reason, it makes it a little uncomfortable to watch like they are speaking mm. directly to you. And especially if they are pouring their heart out in some like heartfelt pain, right? It's just a little weird that they're looking at right. you. Right. And you're, you're like, just like, what do you mean to do about me? this? Yeah. yeah. What am I supposed to do? Um, and this, I, I think because it's, it revolves around medical stuff. It has a similar feeling where everyone is hmm. kind of oddly uncomfortable, like talking to a doctor or stuff like that. Or like you feel like you're about to get bad news or it's going to be 
harsh or it's going to be an amount of detail that you don't necessarily want. Um, and who, who knows? Maybe that's just me and my like, I feel uncomfortable at, at a doctor's office. There's just it's. it's oh, weird. everybody does. Nobody yeah. likes it there. Um, but well, except a, a, a hypochondriac who's just like, Doc, I'm sick. I have something <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Maybe. But uh, yeah, like they 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 they. they they don't look directly at the camera. It's just off to the side like I do with these podcasts mm. here. But it it also like I felt like I'm in the room there with them. Like I'm standing next to the doctor and I'm still like, I don't know what I can do. Why, 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 why am I here in in this room? And so it, it still it still felt uncomfortable to me even though they weren't talking directly to me mm. but yeah it's just exposition though and it, it, it like it has this odd feeling and the doctor's office is also this it felt dreamlike in how minimal everything yes this was this is the most unnerving part of the movie yeah. for me at least the early part of the movie when they go to that beach house, that feels like a real enough beach house. But when they're in the hospital, it's so artificial and so stagey. Like Elizabeth's room is literally just a bed and not even like a full hospital bed. Like I said, these things are so sparse. They are almost like just a massage table that gets set right. up. She just has yeah. one bed and like one little TV stand. Like there's nothing there. It's just all these blank gray walls and you look at them and you're like i know not just that i know like mentally like intellectually like i feel that there is like the walls stop just above where the camera right. stops yes. filming yeah. the walls stop and then it's just like black ceiling of a soundstage and lighting rigs yeah. like i know that is hovering over us we are not in a real room at all which in hindsight also adds to the, like this idea of like, oh, this is an actress studying what it's like to be this kind of patient or studying mm. this nurse as the letter. Then it's like, yeah, I'm I'm studying her character. Right. And it's just like, huh, OK, what's happening here? So, yeah, it, it feels like a, a construct whether it is a like physical thing on set for something this actress is doing or the opposite that something is up with this nurse and maybe she has this like she wants to be this movie star and that's how she's mm -hmm. thinking of her life of her job of like oh i'm on set right i, I get to mm -hmm. be an actor or something like that um so yeah just a just a a weird feeling all around at the start of this it's unsettling for sure and then when when you go to the beach house like i said it feels real enough but it doesn't seem like that is a beach house with any electricity they're using like old-timey gas lamps mm -hmm. like i i can imagine maybe i don't know the <laughs> The, the electric grid of Sweden in 1966. But I can't imagine we have a little beach cottage. Maybe you have a battery powered radio and gas lamps. 
you don't have the electricity. Sure. Okay. There's also something so sparse about that structure, even though I can see this really does feel like a structure. I, I can imagine a ceiling and a much roof more and all that lived in a little bit, but there's still barely anything in it. Mm-hmm. And you really don't have a great sense of geography and space in the beach house. Like after the famous glass dropping scene, we see Alma go into the space that just has like one table with one lamp and one ashtray on it. And I'm like, what room is this? What is this room for? What do you do? Smoking room. Yeah, (laughs) I I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's an interesting space because it, it, it you're right. It's still sparse. But compared to the doctor's office is Mm -hmm. much more lived in, much more cramped, like the space feels smaller. But they're also secluded on this beach, which like gives you this idea of like open space. There's this huge ocean right there. Um, It it seems like they can like go into town if they need to Mm. get groceries. so yeah, it, it's it's definitely it 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 paints a much different picture of of what's g- g- going on, but it is also still be, be, because you don't have that sense of space, it is almost claustrophobic in in that space. Um, it, this film I feel like does a lot with like not very many actors, like small yeah. spaces, like j- yeah, just uh, there, there's not much happening. Um, mm. but they certainly do a lot. Uh, yeah. What did you think about, I, I, again, this is my, my whole thing of, of, uh, they're not conversations, the nurses monologues to mm. the actress. What did you think of, of, of their, again, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, can't say exchanges. Um, <laughs> it they're, they're makes... one-sided conversations. Yeah. It makes sense. I think Elizabeth has gone through this testing and they're like, there's nothing physically or mentally wrong with her. She's just made the choice to Mm. not talk anymore. And we can only hope that we can treat her well and let her rest and let her recuperate. Maybe she will decide to speak again and she can get back to where she was. Uh, So it is Alma's role to kind of coax her out of it, be her friend. They develop this real sisterly sort of almost like slumber party dynamic Mm -hmm. towards the beginning of their stay they're enjoying time with each other she will like read to uh elizabeth out of a book she's reading or they'll they'll play games or go walk along the beach or something like that and and you do slowly see how it turns from i'm opening up to you to open up to you in the hopes that you will open up back to me like this is uh, a strategy I am using, which is, yeah, which makes it sound insincere. She does want to befriend this woman. She does enjoy her company. She wants to share things with her. Uh, and you can see how it turns from. I am talking to help you out. I'm talking because I want to share. I am talking to Philip space. I am I am talking out of this weird sense of like power and paranoia and desperation. Interesting. Please give something back to me. I have to hear back from you. I maybe I am enjoying that. I am sort of 
this sort of not power imbalance, but like I can dominate every conversation because this isn't a conversation. I can talk, 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 and I know you will listen, listen, listen. After a while, it's like, can you prove to me you're listening, please? Can you, can you converse back to me? Can, can you prove that I am real? Can you turn this from a monologue into a dialogue now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do think at some point there is a sincerity uh, in the way the mm. nurse uh, opens up to to her. It, it it does start with the like, this is what I'm paid to do. I'm I'm talking to you to like start this stuff. But yeah, then they like as they spend time to together, there is a sincerity in what the nurse is sharing. Um, there is the the big monologue about uh, the the like sexual escapade on the mm. beach where she gets pregnant uh, and and all of that, which is like very revealing, very vulnerable, all of this stuff. And the, the actress is like she looks like she's actively listening. She's just not speaking or not or what I do here on the podcast where as you speak i'm just like yeah right uh-huh right, uh-huh, right yeah right? and and uh, we we have to have this very as a podcast i know we do put it out on video but like we have to do this very active listening where we have to go mm-hmm, yeah we have to like make active listening noises so that it's not just straight <laughs> silence for one of our sides for like 10 minutes when you're listening to the podcast and i've noticed i will do this to other people in real life that. Yeah, right. Like I am making a lot of listening noises at people in real life when I'm not on a podcast. And I don't. I know I didn't used to do this. And I know non podcasters <laughs> don't do this. I see. I, I, I feel like those noises and like, yeah, like what the nurse is hoping for is confirmation of you actively being in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Even if you aren't saying something, you don't have a full sentence, you don't have a retort or a rebuttal, right? You you are still taking part in that conversation. But in this case, the the actress is awake and alert she's looking at her maybe nodding her head at the most but that's that's kind of it um and yeah i i I think this like very vulnerable state that this nurse puts herself in starts to evolve into this frustration if not resentment of like i have opened up to you so much and you won't give me a a single drop like it, mm-hmm. what is wrong with you and it it, it is this like desperation and and j- just like Gah! and the right? the the elizabeth has started writing letters and alma will like seemingly drive them into town to drop them off at a mailbox And one day Alma gives her a letter where the envelope's a little open and Alma's got nothing out of her. So she opens up the envelope to read the letter. She's like, I would love to know what this woman has to say to anyone about anything. And it's a letter to the doctor who like lent these two women her her beach house for the summer. 
And Elizabeth's like, I like Alma. You know, she's fun. She's really interesting. Told me all of these wild stories. Boy, is she fun to study. And it really turns Alma on her. Yeah. Uh, that this woman, now she has become this pawn in a way where she was not before. Yeah, it is the last line of that note that suggests that, like, this is not what Alma thought it was, right? Mm. She is not the nurse taking care of the patients, but this actress is, like, studying the nurse for for a role. Um, For for who knows what? You you can tell that Alma was thinking... You're not talking to me, but you are engaged with this. You are also in the same slumber party vibe that I am feeling. Mm-hmm. And then to learn, no, I'm having fun and making a friend. And she isn't me. She doesn't look at me like a friend. She likes me, but ultimately I am a curiosity to her. She's studying me uh, for what? It doesn't specifically say. Right. Yeah. I'm going to base a role off this woman in the future. But it is like what? Maybe that makes it worse. She's like, what do you want from me? What is this for? What will you do with what you've learned? Yeah. Um, And that that line kind of reminded me. Remember when we uh, when we read House of Leaves? Yeah. There's that one chapter that like just spends all the time just like academically defining how an echo works. And then like the end of the next chapter after that, there's a line and it echoed or something along that. And it's just it's terrifying because you spent all that time like that's almost what this felt like of Mm. this in it. Like it's similar, but not the exact same. But yeah, this idea of like, no, I'm the one being studied. Like, I'm I'm not the nurse that I thought I was in this situation um, that I'm I'm the, the I'm I'm the a animal in the cage. That is this exactly. Beach house yeah. Here. Right. And so, yeah, it, it, things just start to kind of bubble over after that. And then I, I think it's it's shortly after that when we get the glass that breaks. Right. Mm. Is, is, is that the order of operations here? I th- I think so. And that's this is like, like I said, I had to rewind it to watch like moment by moment what all of the intention is. So uh, Alma's out there on the porch. She's holding a drinking glass. She accidentally drops it. She gets like a little dustpan, sweeps it up. Uh, Then we hear Elizabeth approaching and we see from Alma's point of view that there's a, a chunk of glass that she seems like truly accidentally missed that mm-hmm. is still sitting there like on uh, on the gravel path. And it's difficult to read her face if she's like, I, I don't want Elizabeth to see me moving this out of the way because I'm embarrassed that I dropped the glass. Or if it's like, I, I kind of want to see her step on the glass. <laughs> Right, which is exactly what I I felt was 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 her actively choosing to. I'm not going to warn her that this is there. Let's see what she does. 
right? I, 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 I feel like it is her trying to turn the tables of, can I be a nurse again? Will I have something to fix? Will oh, I yes, be yes. able to stitch up a cut? I am the one. It's, it's her trying to regain control. Um, but also at the same time, like at this point, I'm in the thick of it of like, who's real here what's happening exactly <laughs> like, right well is you the see is the, the, is the is the the actress real what's what's happening is she talking right, to herself you see elizabeth step on the glass and then alma suddenly has a cut on her foot like what is the reveal here <laughs> yeah like i i don't know if if i took it that far mentally but this idea of this glass like it's see-through it's kind of hard to see where it mm. is and if she doesn't know it's there she would probably step on it it's in a pretty like blatant space so someone will step on on mm -hmm. th th this here but does she like subconsciously have the knowledge that it's there and so yeah mm. we see her step out onto the ground just to the side of it mm -hmm. and you're just like Ah, oh, she almost like almost stepped on that. And like you you almost are like wanting her to step on it to see what yeah. happens. But but yeah, my my mind was thinking like, does she actually know it's there with that? Like, is she not acknowledging the glass but still knows it's there? So subconsciously like stepped to the side. Is she also playing with Alma? to be like well fuck you i'm not gonna step on this even though you think <laughs> i will um and, and so, so yeah i like i was like hyper analyzing the scenario of like is she will she come back and step on it on on her way inside like what's happening here and i just i i th i thought yeah it was a fascinating scene because i it's kind of one of those things that as a viewer, I am reading into more than I think is actually there um, or maybe was in intended. Like, I, I, I don't know what the intention of this scene is supposed to be exactly, but I bring my own connotation to to, to this scene in particular and I feel like it makes the movie that much more interesting to me. Um, it also kind of reminded me uh, a couple weeks ago, we, we watched a girl walks home alone at night. Uh, yes. And there's just this really, really fascinating, very slow scene. That is just brilliant. It's gorgeous to watch, but it's, it it moves at this glacial pace and you're wondering what's happening. It looks like one thing, but then this other thing, but then this other thing. And then, right, it's just, I don't know what's happening. What is happening here? <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, I, I thought this was a fantastic scene. And then after this, is when Alma goes to the smoking porch, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and then Elizabeth does step on the glass and she makes some sort of noise. It's not words, right, right but it is end. some sort of a gasp. Yeah. And then the cameras on Alma, uh, as you see or hear this, and then the camera just like, it's like the glass of the 
Lynn's shatters. This is a big crack down Alma's face and it like freezes. But then midway through the freeze, like one of her eyes turns and looks at you. Yeah, that's a real shocker. Yeah. Uh, great stuff because it like the the scene where she does step on it and gasp is it it, it seems like it could be something f- f- from the like you, you've seen the like youtube ch- channels or the tiktok videos of the like per- perfectly c- c- cut screams oh. right where like <laughs> something about the, and it just stops like <laughs> right there yeah Yeah. like that's what that felt like but we do also get this shattering and yeah it is Mm. it it does feel symbolic of like this is it this is the moment where we are in the thick of it we don't know who's who if this is the same person which one is the dominant persona yeah he he here um yeah i i just i i don't know at this point of like what's real exactly um and it it worked but it's just like it's so simple it's not like when you look at like aronofsky's black swan there is this kind of slow tension build up and it Mm. it, like you you see that full scream i feel like in that movie where this one cuts it off and then gives you a symbol instead Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. or like in perfect blue you 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 realize that there there maybe is not this distinction of personas like like you thought or the 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 bad guy is not who you thought it was going to be here there is a twist on 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 that in perfect blue um but this is just so simple and it's mm. so effective yeah which is good. Good stuff. <laughs> Bravo. And there's a so. a further blurring of the women when seemingly Elizabeth's husband comes to visit and you see mm-hmm. that he is blind and maybe Elizabeth has been silent for so long that maybe he doesn't remember what her voice sounds like. We never really right. do hear yeah. her speak enough to tell if her and Alma sound similar to each other. Uh, so Alma like steps in and like is Elizabeth and like uh, makes love to him while Alma just like lays there and cries silently. Yeah. Or or is 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 this a scene of hor- of of her not in her typical persona? And mm-hmm. that's why the husband do- doesn't necessarily recognize her ex- exactly um yeah it's just the the whole the whole thing is is strange and you're just in this like spiral of like what is happening here right Um, so yeah that 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 was an an interesting scene and then it all comes to that final monologue where alma like sits elizabeth down and tells her this is what happened with you and your son this is this is your life. This is how you got pregnant and how you felt about the pregnancy. And then your son was born and you just wanted to leave him. You wanted to go back to the stage and all of this. 
and the camera is on Alma. There's a lot of scenes in this movie where somebody is speaking and you don't see them at all. The camera is only on the person who is being spoken to. Yeah. So you just watch Alma's face reacting to all this or just all uh, like laying her bare with all this. And then it shifts and you hear the exact same monologue again. But now the camera is on Alma saying it to Elizabeth. And now Elizabeth isn't in the frame at all. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of, of that? How, how did you read that scene where it, it does that monologue twice? It's you never see that in a movie back to back like this. If you see it at all, it's like, here's the scene towards the beginning. Here's the scene later from another angle recontextualized to where you learn something. You yeah. learn that somebody is there who you didn't know was there. There's further information gathered. There is a twist. That isn't here. It's just once and then again. It's almost like you're watching dailies from there mm. on the film yeah. shoot more than you are watching the final edited film. And I'm not sure what to make of it. It's the, looking at it literally in the world of the film, you're like, how could Alma know this about Elizabeth? It's too specific to just be, I've learned some details about your life from like your medical record or from the doctor or whoever. And I am able to like read you emotionally. It's so in her mm -hmm. head and Alma, uh, Elizabeth really reacts to it. Like, this is true. You've found me out. You know what I have been thinking and feeling like yeah. how, this more than anything else, I think, gives credence to the read that they are one person, because how else could Alma do that to Elizabeth? Like, here I am narrating your own private, personal, inside your own mind secrets at you. Yeah. Um, I like I I feel like I almost took this scene a little bit more sinisterly. If that makes sense, like I, I, I think the first time you hear it, it is, it, it is sad, right? It, it is this like you are a broken woman. Mm. Here's what your life has been like, and she's like hearing all of this information and kind of like crying of 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 like how how could I have forgotten all of 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 this or how how did all of this lead me to where I am? now it's it mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily make sense i'm sad that i've kind of screwed it up and you know done all of that but then when you get that second go around and you're looking at the the nurse like telling it to her that's a much more forceful feeling of like now i'm telling you i'm feeding you this information mm -hmm. and so it felt almost like we've broken you so much. Now we're building you back up with a mm. new persona. This might not have been exactly what happened, but here's what we're going to go with from here on out. This is who huh. you are. Um, and, and, and yeah, it, it just like, it's not necessarily like you were a murderer and you did this and you did like, right. It's not sinister in that way. But it is it it felt almost like they're making up a story, but you have no part in what story they're making up. Um, and here it is. 
I don't know. I, I like it, it not saying that that was I like my final thoughts on the film that like at the end of the day, it's a sinister film and right. But like <clears throat> there's something more forceful to like when you like when you are looking at the person being spoken to, to versus the one doing the speaking that that mm. second what if you if you watch the person doing the speaking it's like here's the facts here's what you need to know sure i yeah i i understand I your perspective that it feels more like the part of an interrogation scene where the interrogator is like i'm gonna tell you what's going to happen to you <laughs> right. yes yeah i'm gonna yeah, tell you exactly. who i think you are or who you are going to be from now on yeah exactly mm. um and then uh yeah we get the like I, I think the like climactic scene of their two faces like slowly merging into one face which also kind of leads to to, 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 to like the nurse telling her what the story is it feels more like well let's let's mix our two stories so we are now one character mm -hmm. here in 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 that and yeah it, it does the thing where it's it like it flashes like it's the her face and then her face and then mm. now it's kind of both of their faces and then ah, it's one face oh no <laughs> um, which yeah is an, an interesting thing to see because like normally when you do when you have a movie about two people that are supposed to look alike um it, like I, I i feel like when you do something like this you then realize oh they don't actually look a lot like when you compare them side by side here it makes this weird looking face here but i i didn't necessarily feel that exactly when they when they put the the like morph to one face mm. um their noses are slightly different so one nostril definitely looks different but it doesn't feel that like unheard of right it's just like oh like Maybe you had an accident when you were younger and your nose is slightly <laughs> crooked in in the uh -huh. way, right? Like it's not. It doesn't feel unnatural. If that makes sense. So I mm. just it's kind of wild to me that like, oh, yeah, this 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 looks like a face that is a mix of both of them. Yeah, it's sort they of an odd it. optical illusion there at the end. Yeah. Um, Very early on in the movie, like right after Alma introduces herself to Elizabeth, we get a scene of her at night, maybe in it's another very sparse setting. So I wonder if this is just her bare bones dormitory room at the hospital, perhaps. Or she's getting ready for bed. She like goes to bed and then she she's, turns the lights off and then she's like, oh, damn. And she turns lights back on and like puts on like a face cream she forgot about, which is interesting that they put that little step and then step back in there at all and it doesn't just start with here i am getting ready for bed putting on my face cream but she's sort of musing to herself 
I'm happy that I know what direction my life is going in and I don't have to think about it too hard. I'm going to marry my boyfriend, Carl Hendrick. We're going to have like five kids. It's all laid out in front of me. I don't have to do anything. This is wonderful. And later she gives when she tells the story of the, the that sexual encounter on the beach to Elizabeth where she gets pregnant from just some strange local boy. Yep. Uh, and then her husband, uh, Carl Hendrick, her, her boyfriend is a doctor and like arranges for her to have an abortion. And she's like, we were relieved we could have that done. We didn't want kids then. Uh, but it's not clear, like, how long ago was that exactly? Where mm-hmm. are you in your relationship now? How does Carl Hendrick feel about you taking on this nursing assignment where you were just off on like a beach for three solid months and you never see him like Carl Henrik definitely feels fictional. I don't feel like that guy's real at all. And then the, the, the final monologue, there's a lot about sort of the desire for motherhood being one of the things that splits your splits your mind splits how you feel about yourself like you have these two different sides and it can be from maybe moment to moment of like i'm young i got pregnant i would like to have a child but not now the circumstances are wrong now but also maybe this larger societal thing or 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 like how elizabeth feels where she's like i feel like i'm supposed to get pregnant like uh, if I was a mother, people would look at me differently and they may look at me more favorably Then she doesn't like physically being pregnant. She has this long, arduous birthing process. She just wants to to get out of her, her, her nursing bed with her son and get back to work being the stage actress. And again, it's like. It's both the the more narrowed, circumstantial Yes, but not right now. And also the larger like. Is this what I want my life to be like? Am I ultimately succumbing and like giving myself to this thing? What are the repercussions it's going to have on other aspects of my life? Do is it worth being looked at as a mother, as this sort of traditional, natural, loving figure in exchange for everything I would have to give up for it? The sort of back and forth on. Do I want to be a mother or not? I really liked that that was the hinge on which maybe this woman or these women, depending on how you look at it, sort of broke and and have these multiple sides to themselves. Yeah, I, I'm tr- 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 trying to think to myself if I feel like this movie has almost a negative view on motherhood. And I don't think it does no but uh, like i i i I feel like using motherhood as as you described as this hinge i feel like that is a potential thought for some people right that like motherhood could ruin my career it could change the trajectory of my life Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. sort of uh thing there and so yeah, like that, I, th- I think then plays into your identity um, that that like, hey, if I become a mother, how will that change me? Does it need to change me? Mm-hmm, Does it like mm-hmm. there? there I, I think it's more. 
examining or exploring, like bringing up those questions rather than taking a stance on like motherhood is bad, right? It will ruin your (laughs) life and you will become someone else entirely. Um, I don't think it's it's saying that it is merely depicting women who do have these fears or have these feelings or have an ambivalence of sometimes I want this and sometimes I don't or I would want it. But I don't want to give up this thing in exchange for it. Let me do these things first and then we can think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Lots of stuff to think about with with this movie for sure. Um, I don't know if I have much else to say on it. We do have this end sequence, though, of uh, the film kind of ending and the whole like light bulb of the projector turning off and that's it and stuff like that so there's one scene i want to talk about less in terms of what it means metaphorically just in terms of like the technicality of it where it's after the glass incident but before the the monologue about getting pregnant where Elizabeth turns and walks out of the cabin and Alma follows her and you see this tracking shot following the two women as they like walk across the beach. And mm-hmm. it's clear that it's like this is shot from the cameras in the bed of a truck or something. This is shot from a car. And I it's a I was really impressed for it, like for the time in which it came out. I don't know the history of like dollies and things like that and what was available when and at what right. times but it's a long shot i wonder if maybe even if they Especially had a dolly this for is like a foreign film too it's a swedish film and it's not like right. it's a hollywood right i don't know i don't know what sweden had in 1966 i don't know what was the most they were capable of i don't want to presume that they didn't have every trick up their sleeves that you know american hollywood can have but I'm like, was is this a deliberate choice? Maybe you had maybe you didn't have a dolly or maybe you had a dolly, but it could only go from like one end of the room to the other. And you want it to track these women across like several like you know, the hundred yards or something as they go across this beach. Yeah. I've just never seen anything quite like that, especially in a movie that is so still. Uh, and so, like, deliberately framed and slow paced that now we have this shot from the back of a truck where it's like, it, it is kind of rough looking. But I, I liked it a lot. It's it's odd because it's another technique that if you saw this in a modern day film, it feels like you're in the scene. It feels like mm-hmm. I'm in a car, in a car watching them do all of this stuff. And if you get a much like smoother dolly tracking shot kind of thing, it takes out that like that, that shake that, that camera shake that mm-hmm. makes me feel like I'm the one operating the camera or I'm right there watching it. Uh, so yeah, it feel, it would have felt less personable, but it's just an, an interesting I don't know if this was in intended consequence or not, but it feels like I'm there in that scene too. And I don't know how, 
right? It's like, why am I here? What's what's happening? I don't know. (laughs) Right. And like being and you're like at a distance from them, like the women are on the beach and then there's like a a patch of trees or whatever. And you're clearly like 20 or 30 feet away from them, like on the road. There's a distance. There's a removal. There's like you trying to like catch up to them when you're when you're in this vehicle. Yeah, it really does kind of put you in the scene in a very different way than scenes where like the characters are speaking directly at you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was an interesting scene. There's, there's so like, I, 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 I talked, I, I mentioned the cinematography was one of the things, uh, why I, I chose to pitch this one. Um, and yeah, just absolutely some gorgeous sh- shots of uh, I like I, I even think about the scene where they're at the beach house. Uh, she the nurse goes to bed and then like out of the like white room, the actress uh, yeah. like, comes into her room and is like haunting her in that scene and then walks away and then when asked about it the next day 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 is like hey were you in my room last night and she just shakes her head silently like no and then the other uh scene we have not talked about which i'm i'm surprised that i almost forgot this um the scene they they, it's late one night they've had some jarrinks uh the nurse is obviously tired about to fall asleep on the table and then you get this shot that's like over the shoulder yeah of the actress so you can't see her face you can't see her mouth uh like all of that and it sounds like the 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 actress says something like hey you should go to bed or you'll fall asleep here at the table and the nurse like perks up at, at that at like, wait, did I <clears throat> did 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 you speak to me? But she had her like head down, face t- turned like you, you can't see her mouth either. So you don't know who says this. And yeah, they look alike. They kind of sound. I mean, I guess you can imagine they sound alike. So you're you're just unsure of like, wait, what did what just happened here in, in this scene and then the the nurse says the exact same thing like i should go go to bed so i don't fall asleep here at the table and it's just like mm-hmm. huh, this is weird yeah she sort of sort of says it like she just thought of it herself and exactly. you're like exactly maybe she did maybe she didn't i'm not yeah, sure did I, did I hear her thoughts um yeah so there, there's there's stuff like that where the camera is playing tricks on you um, just those those interesting scenes of like the the two faces superimposed on one another or one like looking at the camera while one is looking a- a- across it. Mm-hmm. Um, just some some gorgeous sh- shots there with all of, of of that. It's it's a really stunning film for sure. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts on persona yeah i'm happy we watched this one i i had a good time with this i really recommend it especially if you want to get in some some film history vegetables in your diet it's like 
a pretty it's very accessible and it's fairly breezy like i said it's like not even uh it's an hour and 25 minutes it doesn't even hit that 90 minute mark yeah yeah as as much as some people might say it's still like oh it's a artsy fartsy pretentious art film right it's it's not a a, an artsy film that's like four hours that's just like oh my god Right, yeah, I have to sit is, through all of this for four hours. It's no, it's a, it's yeah, this easy this, breezy. This feels accessible. Yep. Yes, you can absolutely. do it. Definitely. Um, I would bring up bingo here, but we, we yeah, don't I just have looked. an update. We don't got I, anything. Yeah. Uh, no update on bingo. So let's jump right to recommendations. Uh. I, I just off the top, we already mentioned a few at the beginning of this podcast uh, from Satoshi Khan's Perfect Blue uh, mm-hmm. to Aronofsky's uh, Black Swan. Uh, and then you also mentioned Suspiria, where I'm Definite. assuming you were talking about the modern. We've remake. watched both Suspirias, but. Yeah, thematically, the remake of Suspiria is 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 more in line here. Yeah. Um, And we have covered those on the podcast here before. Let me see. Perfect Blue. We covered way back on. It was an early one. Forty (laughs) six. Yeah. Uh, And then let's see. Black Swan. We did on episode one hundred ninety seven. Uh, and then Suspiria, we did for episode 181. So you guys can go check out our yeah. thoughts on all of those for sure. Um, I I actually, I, I have one recommendation mm. um, and not much else because it's another yeah. thing that like yeah. kind of like. It, it's so oddly specific, like what kind of film this is, the themes that they're playing on. Mm. Uh, it d- doesn't necessarily read as as like, oh, a niche film or stuff like that. But in its own way, it kind of is. Um, there is a video game that I want to recommend. That is maybe one of the most non-video game video games out there. It's interesting. Uh, it's called. Oh, God, I, I just forgot uh, what it was called. <laughs> I looked it up earlier because um, I was like, I need to remember the name of this. It is called Immortality. Hmm. Uh, and it is available both on Xbox Game Pass as well as Netflix. If you have a Netflix subscription, you can technically play this on your computer. Uh, I think it also might work on your phone, too. I I know Netflix has dived into video games a little bit, um, and they have some interesting ones you you can play. But please check this out. If you're into film and film history and... Uh, like movies like we we just watched because this is a game where on the surface you are looking through a bunch of film footage that's 
kind of the what the 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 game it is. But you are looking through the film of three movies that a certain actress had played at different decades of her career uh, and trying to figure out what happened to her. Um, and it is you like looking at a scene of a movie uh, and then like the director calls cut and you get to see the like behind the scene stuff and gameplay you can click on different things in the film at any time and it will Ooh. match cut you to another random film uh huh. strip from either that same movie or one of these other two movies um and yeah, it's just like as you like jump around in this, you start kind of uncovering her story and then something happens mm. and it's really interesting. And it also plays with you like, OK, no, I need to rewind that and see what happened. Like, OK, like there is there is a mechanic in this of like you slowly rewinding and fast forwarding at certain times to understand what's happening um because yeah there's some there's some some bonkers stuff in that i i I feel like it's hard to explain but Mm -hmm. at at the very least go check out a trailer it is incredible uh some (laughs) some stuff that they they did with that it's it's one that has like stuck with me since playing it last year of just like that that thing was incredible so go check it out i i I did come up with one recommendation. It's actually also a Netflix exclusive. It is the movie The Lost Daughter. This came out in 2021, I think. Directorial debut of Maggie Gyllenhaal. And this stars Olivia Coleman as this uh, like professor who's on leave. And she goes to take a an extended leisurely vacation on like some island in Greece where she's just sitting out on the beach, like reading all day. And there's a big party who's also doing an extended vacation at the same beach at the same time as her, uh, including Dakota Johnson from the the remake of yep. Suspiria, who's got like her little girl with her. And one day, like the little girl sort of disappears and, and and comes back. She's like lost for like, I don't know, like half an hour or something like not very long. Uh, and it's about this sort of feelings that both of these women have both of these mothers have during this incident and the fallout of it where you're like did Mm. olivia coleman have something to do with that like she's you just have weird energy off of her and then you keep flashing back to her when she was younger played by jesse buckley and like her sort of ambivalent relationship with her two little girls she had even though now that she's like you know however old olivia coleman is she's like oh yeah i have my two daughters i don't catch up with them as much as i should and then you see flashes back to her when she's younger and she's like girls get out of my hair i have to finish my dissertation it's it's real if you want beach vibes and uh troubling uh ambivalent up to potentially troubling feelings regarding motherhood watch the lost daughter huh interesting okay 
Well, there you go. Those are our recommendations mm -hmm. for this week. Um, which means, Melissa, it is your turn to do some pitches for what we will talk about next week. Uh, I have no pitches. I just have one, not an assignment, but a gift for you. Your birthday is coming up. It's in two yeah. weeks. So this is an early birthday present for you that we will talk about next week. Uh, earlier this year, friend of the show, Jack, and I watched this movie and we both determined this is a Kyle ass movie. Yeah. And I, I know I you know haven't seen it. I don't know what it is, but, I, but <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I yeah. know you haven't seen it because <laughs> if you had seen it, you would have brought it up by now. So my hope is that I am gifting you with a, <laughs> a terrific brand a new, new film experience for you. Your present is that you will watch the film Under the Silver Lake. Have you heard this title yeah. before? No, not at all. <laughs> it Under is on Silver Max. Lake. It so, stars Andrew Garfield. I'll tell you that much. Okay, I want you to watch this movie. I want you to watch this movie. And then after you watch it, look into it. Do some research. Look it up on YouTube. Watch some video essays. Interesting. Yeah, no, I have not heard of this at all. I see Andrew Garfield looking real disheveled. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, is most disheveled here. Which, yeah, which which feels like a vibe. So, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I I am about it. Uh, oh, mm -hmm. okay. Under the Silver Lake. Do 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 you want me to like know as little as possible uh, going in? Do you have a plot synopsis that you're able to? I'll tell you. I'll share? tell you that th this. Uh, this goes along with mystery, Kyle. Crime, Kyle. Mm. That's the side of you that's really going to like this movie. And the past review show topics that I feel it is most like would be Angeline and brand new cherry flavor. Ooh, okay. Interesting. I see a bit of the poster with the tagline. What are they hiding? <laughs> interesting okay i mm -hmm. i'm i'm stoked i'm happy this sounds good i have no idea what it's about but i'm happy and it sounds good <laughs> mm -hmm. you'll enjoy crime kyle activated <laughs> <laughs> like i said watch it give yourself time to watch it earlier in the week so that then you have like a day or two to go down the rabbit hole of it afterwards okay good to, good to know good to know i will do that uh, well, perfect. Yeah, that's what we will cover this next week under the Silver Lake. You said this was available on Max, right? Mm. Perfect. Should be. Uh, and then, yeah, at the end of the month, don't forget, we are closing out our Hellboy coverage uh, and writing Hellboy volumes 10 through 12. So just a heads up on that. Yeah, this has been the review show for this week. So, Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? I have a letterbox. Not much on it yet, but you can find me there at WilkyWit, W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. You can go review Priscilla, which has an, <laughs> an equally fantastic sh shot of her just looking dis disheveled. <laughs> <laughs> Among the best disheveled movies. Right, right, yeah. I, I'll make a list. 
it's it's not a disheveled movie which is what makes that scene so fantastic when she is um but anyways uh you guys can find me at yo kyle springer on most of the social medias uh, and if you'd like to stay up to date with all the stuff that we do here at the whatnots we are at the whatnots at most places uh so yeah go like share subscribe that would help us out a ton watching this on youtube go check out one of our other videos right over there that would also help us out a bunch uh so yeah this has been number 278 of the whatnots review show we will see you all next time bye bye